Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to 88 Friendswood Alvin Webster Campus. Also our online folks joining us. Uh, welcome to December. Did you know it's December? December 2020 or as I have heard it called the 12th level of Jumanji. Welcome. <laughs> Next week, next week we begin a new series of lessons that I'm calling uh, Believe, the Journey from Doubt to Belief. We're going to look at a few characters in the Christmas, surrounding the Christmas story that um, moved from doubt to belief. We're going to look at how that happened and uh, hopefully some folks in our church will move from maybe having some doubts to full-on belief. That series is going to end on Christmas Eve, many service times to choose from, as you have heard, uh, invite somebody to come along with you. And by the way, <clears throat> pardon me. On Christmas Eve, it's going to be a, uh, like a movie sermon. So as I have done in the past, I'll do a little movie clip, then I'll preach a little movie clip, preach a little with a, with a Christmas movie. So uh, movie series ending to this series, uh, Believe, uh, the trip from uh, doubt to belief. Today we're going to do this. We're going to finish up this series. We were supposed to finish last week. This was supposed to be done last week, but you all didn't listen. So I have to keep you after school. I'm joking, I just, I added something in last week, hopefully that was okay, but <clears throat> we've said it repeatedly throughout this series, that living by the Spirit is the Christian life. Living by the Spirit is the Christian life. This is the how of our obedience and our efforts, they're 100% by God's Spirit. You cannot live the Christian life without God's Spirit leading you, directing you, and empowering you. He is the source so our job is not to try harder. In fact, I hope that you'll get this today if you haven't gotten it yet. Our job is not to try to be perfect in our own effort. Our job is to live in total submission to God's spirit to allow him to fill us up. Uh, we become less. He becomes greater. And then God is able to do something with us, okay? So the theme verse for this series is verse 25 in Galatians 5. I'm going to read it twice today. Here's the first time. If we live by the Spirit, let us also do what? Keep in step with the Spirit. So our job <clears throat> is to live by and then to keep in step with the Spirit. Not falling behind, not running ahead, just following closely day by day, moment by moment, being sensitive to his ever-present guidance in our lives and uh, executing our decisions, our actions based on his will and in his power. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's what this last fruit of the Spirit, I just said it wrong. The last fruit of the Spirit, it's not, there's not a bunch of different fruits of the Spirit. It's not plural. There's the fruit of the Spirit, which he shows us various characteristics of. So if I say it incorrectly throughout the remainder of this sermon, just ignore me. But these are characteristics of the fruit. Singular, the fruit of the Spirit. The, but the last characteristic that he gives us in this list when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. And, and lots of different definitions of what self-control is. I want to keep it in the context of the passage in Galatians chapter 5 so we get the biblical view of what self-control is. So if you're following along in your Bible, on your phone or other device, you'll see these verses today. We're going to read through this whole section 
in Galatians chapter 5 so that we can put it right where it belongs in the context of the scripture. I'm going to begin, before we even get to the points, by starting this section. We're going to begin at verse 16 all the way down to 25. Walk by the Spirit and you will what? Not gratify the desires of the flesh. So immediately in this section of scripture, there's this either or kind of a statement. He says, do this and you won't do that. That's the premise. If you do this, then you won't do that. He says, walk by the Spirit, which is kind of like the title of our <clears throat> lesson series. Walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. So to make this happen, to make this happen, to make the right choices, to do the right things, we need Spirit-given, Spirit-empowered self-control. If you're taking notes, I've got three things I want to share with you today. Uh, need to know kinds of things, need to do. This first one is a need to do. Number one, acknowledge that doing whatever I want is not okay. Doing whatever I want is not okay. Surprise, surprise. I know this is an unpopular stance nowadays, um, but I didn't come up with it on my own. Guess where I found it? Right here. It's in the Bible. This is what we use at this church, if you don't know. And this, my friends, is one of the big reasons more and more people are less and less in favor of the Bible. Because the Bible says you just can't do whatever you want to do. Right now, there's an unwritten rule in our society that says no matter what you want to do, it's okay. No matter what you want to do, it's okay. You, you can do whatever you want to do and God's okay with it. That's what the feeling is in society nowadays. And, and, and that would be like, you know, sleep with whoever you want. That's okay. Still do whatever you want to do in, in that regard. That's okay. Just based on who you are, your background or whatever. Uh, Claim to be a man or woman or whatever you want, and that's okay. Um, but I'm just going to tell you something. According to the Bible, not everything that you or I want to do is okay. That's what Scripture says. He said it in verse 16. He makes it clear in verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in what? Conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. Boom. God says, our flesh takes us the wrong direction. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, God's spirit lives in you. We, we got that, right, from this series. You're, God's spirit comes to take up his place in your heart the moment that you give your heart to Jesus Christ. He is in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But guess what? You're, you're still a human being. You're still, even though you got God's spirit in you, you're still a human being. So for us, there's going to be this conflict at times. The spirit is going to conflict with what our flesh wants to do. Read um, uh, Romans chapter 7, for instance. <clears throat> um, but there are a lot of people nowadays who think, well, I'm, I'm all about God's love. God loves me just as I am. Therefore, I can stay just as I am, and I can do whatever I want to do because God is love. Hallelujah. Now, I'm all about God's love too. But the truth is, God's love is so good, so powerful, so pure, that he works in our lives to move us toward the image of Jesus Christ, which means there will be moments, lots and lots of moments, where his spirit confronts me about a direction that I'm taking, about a thing that I'm thinking about, 
about a choice that I'm making. Why? Because God's Spirit wants the best for me, and he wants the best for you as well. Now, if you have kids or have had kids at your house, you understand this. You can love them deeply. You can love them so much that you would be willing to give your life for them, but still you correct them. Am I right? Uh, Kids need our help. Kids. (laughs) Some need more help than others, but kids need our help. So if you've had kids around or have kids around right now in your house, do you let them do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it? Please do not raise your hand and say yes because I will pull out a parenting sermon so fast it will make your head spin. We don't let them do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And one big reason is we love them and we don't want them to spend their lives in jail. Or in a bad relationship, or addicted, or far from God. We want the best for our kids. And so God gives us approximately 18 years to help them to not do stupid things. Say it this way to not live by the flesh, to not do whatever they want to do, to instead follow God. And guess what? God is the perfect parent. And so he wants the best for us, which is why today's characteristics of the fruit of God's spirit is self-control and why, it is, why self-control is so important. Because we're not going to have the blessing of God on our lives. And we're going to suffer all kinds of consequences if we do whatever we feel like doing. You're just going to be in trouble and in trouble with God. Back to the text. <clears throat> Young man. So that you are not to do whatever you want, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under the law. Let me explain this because he says it twice in the verses that we're going to read today, so I'll explain it here at the beginning. Um, No one, if you're following the Spirit, um, you don't really need the law. No, because no one's going to call the police on you if you're living by the Spirit because you're going to want to do the right thing. And you're going to, oftentimes, you're just going to know the right thing because Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, uh, God says, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. So when the Spirit comes into our lives, he helps us to know the right things to do, that still small voice of doing the right thing. God writes his laws on our hearts so that we don't really even need the law because we're following him. And then he gives us the fruits of the flesh here, and he's going to juxtapose these or, or contrast them against the fruit of the spirit, okay? So here's the acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious, and this is the naughty list, by the way. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. If you were here a few weeks ago, then you know that debauchery means excess. Uh, the flesh doesn't know when enough is enough. Uh, like uh, Tim, Tim McGraw said, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it. Okay. I don't even know what he's talking about. But I can guess. Um, <clears throat> but, the, but, but the way that we live in the flesh is we don't know when enough is enough, 
Like, when have I had enough to drink? When have I had enough to eat? When have I had enough of just doing whatever I want or thinking about sex? When is enough enough? When you live by the flesh, your enough meters kind of busted. You with me? Debauchery. Then he continues with the naughty list here. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of, he just, he sums it up by saying those kinds of things. And uh, these are the acts or the fruit of the flesh when you do whatever your flesh wants to do. I got news for you today in church. You can do whatever you want to do. God has given you free will. You can absolutely do whatever you want to do. But you cannot choose the consequences that come from what you do. You with me? You can choose to do whatever you want to do, but you cannot choose the consequences. Consequences are automatic. I was... Um, Back in the day when Cops was on TV. I, I don't know why I like that show so much, but I'd just be watching. I guess I was watching for some of my relatives. I thought that they would be on there. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that kind of made me sad but cracked me up at the same time, they would be cuffing somebody and getting ready to stuff them in the back of the car. And the person, and I saw it multiple times on the show, they would say something like this. Just, just, just let me go and I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm just going to go home. Just let me go, and I, I'm going to go home. And the cop was like, wait, you just ran your car into somebody's living room. We can't let you, we can't let you go home. you got to go to jail tonight. And bad behavior for, for living according to your flesh and doing whatever it is that you want to do comes with consequences, consequences that you have no control over. You can control your choice, but you cannot control the consequences of your choice. He says it again, or he kind of sums it up, verse 26. I warn you, as I did before, uh, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa, what? You mean I can't do whatever I want to do and inherit the kingdom of God? Bible, right there. And it does make sense because Jesus said once upon a time, by their fruit, you will know them. So for living for the flesh 24-7, one could deduce that we don't really know God, that we're not really following him, that we're following something else. And th therein lies the problem because doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, is not okay. I want to add a similar point while we're here. This one is more implicit in the text than explicit. Number two, understand that doing what everyone else is doing is not okay. Understand that doing what everyone else is doing is not okay. In the passage, he's talking more about individuals that, you know, we have a bent towards sin. And so we can't just do what we want to do. But this is a great spot, I think, in the sermon to mention this peer pressure that exists in our world. Because what happens is enough people are doing what they want to do and they all get together and say, you should do this too. And there's a certain amount of peer pressure in our world today, especially because of social media and the way that the world is. The world is always drifting away from the things of God. But just like doing... Whatever I want to do is not okay. Doing what everybody else 
is doing is not okay either. Just because the majority of people say that something is okay, like a, like a lifestyle or a behavior or a choice, just because a lot of people say that it's okay, and maybe even the majority of people say it's okay. Let's put it this way. 99.9% .9 of the people saying it's okay does not make it okay. Thought I'd get one amen at a church that believes in God and the Bible. 99% of the people in the world saying something's okay doesn't make it okay. Amen. There we go. Tons of Bible verses about this and stories as well. There's one that I'm going to make mention of right now. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, the rule was that they were supposed to bow down when they heard the music. Bow down to the big gold idol that was going to be out in the street. Music happened. Everybody else, psh, they're down. Everybody's bowing. Everybody, everybody is bowing, except for these three guys. They remain standing because they knew the commandment of God, the second commandment, by the way, that you're not supposed to make an idol, you're not supposed to worship an idol, you're not supposed to bow down to an idol. So when everybody else bowed down, they said, we're going to stay standing. They were confronted by the king, and they said this in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. King, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And guess what happened? They got thrown into the fiery furnace. Good news, if you don't know the story, God saved them. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I sure I'm glad that we don't have fiery furnaces nowadays. But we do kind of, sort of. We do kind of, sort of, if you don't bow with the rest of the crowd. The rest of the crowd is bowing down. And if anybody dares remain standing for the biblical values of marriage between a man and a woman, or the biblical value of life for the unborn, or the biblical value that comes straight out of Genesis of God creating, and Jesus repeated it, God created us all, male and female, and God does not make mistakes. If you stand for those values, you will be torched on social media. And if the media picks it up, in the media. And Hollywood, Hollywood is torching people day and night. By the way, I've kind of figured out that if a Hollywood star says something, I believe the opposite. Now, it's not 100% of the time. There are some exceptions, but pretty close. And, and sometimes, because it's out there so much, and, and there's this ungodly sort of anti-things of Christ, anti-Christian values thing going on in our world today, it feels like the world is against us and against what we believe as Christians. But I got news for you. Jesus said once upon a time, heaven and earth will pass away let me add to that today. Heaven and earth and Hollywood will pass away, but my word will remain. God's, God's word is true. Now, I'll tell you, there are things in here that are tough to understand sometimes, historical things we have to wrap our heads around. But the, the bottom line, the truth here is the truth, and we should seek to understand it and to apply it to our lives. It's not okay to do what everybody else is doing. Then number three. 
And I got kind of a working definition for you here of self-control. Uh, the Spirit gives self-control, meaning access to the power of God to do the will of God. Access from, uh, uh, to the power of God to do the will of God. The, this term self-control, I think, throws us off because it has the, the word self in it. We're like self-control. It's okay, I got to do this my, myself. I got to try harder. But uh, where this is located in the text, in Galatians chapter 5, shows us that this is part of the fruit of the Spirit, which means it doesn't come from self. This characteristic of God's Spirit, the fruit of His Spirit, comes from God, not from us. So the self is not the answer here. The Spirit is the answer. See how it kind of throws us off? Again, uh, in, the, in the King James Version, it's, um, it's uh, translated as temperance, which maybe that will make it easier to wrap our heads around. Temperance comes from God. Um, we have this power from God available to us 24-7. Therefore, the Christian who says, I can't change. Nothing's ever going to be different for me. I've struggled with this my whole life, and I'm never going to win this battle. This is the way I am. It's never going to be any different for me. The Christian who talks like that is believing a lie because the Holy Spirit gives us the power of Almighty God to do the will of God. Continuing now in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which again is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and temperance or self-control. Then he says it again like we read a few minutes ago. Against such things, <clears throat> there is no law. So, meaning no one is going to call the police on you. It's like, hey, my, my neighbor, 911, my neighbor is being so patient. It's driving me crazy. They're so kind. <laughs> so, not going to happen, right? So, it's like you don't even need the law when you're following the Spirit. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we, and here's the theme verse again, since we live by the Spirit, let us do what? Keep in step with the Spirit. <clears throat> so we've died. We've died to our own desires. We live by the Spirit. And I, I believe that self-control is essential for living out the other fruit on the list. Like we could go all the way through the fruit. I'm not going to do it right now because we don't have time. But you can watch the sermons from the past 10, 11 weeks. When we love, the, the spirit fruit of love is that we love when we don't feel like loving. You need self-control when, when, when you want to do the opposite of loving someone, but you choose to love them. It's that you need God's spirit, uh, his gift of the spirit of self-control to make the right choice there and to do the right thing. And so this is, we can go through the whole list doing that same thing, but this is the one that enables God to make the other ones work in your life, the self-control. This is the one that keeps you from the naughty list and, and helps you to produce the right kind of fruit in your life. And every single day, every one of us has this option multiple times. <clears throat> Something happens or there's a temptation of some kind. And we can follow God's spirit or we can follow our own flesh. And here's the issue for most of us. Well, for all of us probably. There's a wild card that's presented to us each and every day. 
that is our weakness. And by weakness, I mean that we do this. The option happens, we follow the flesh. We get the option, we follow the flesh. We get the option, we don't even think about this. We just do the, we do the thing that we want to do again and again and again every day, every day without even thinking about it. That's a weakness. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Carl taught us about uh, meekness or gentleness, which is strength, our strength under God's control. Temperance or self-control is more about putting our weaknesses under God's control so that we can access the power of God to do his will. And this, my friends, if we want to get this right, this is our only option. This is our only option. This is our only option. If we want to get this right and know God's power in our lives. Now, please understand that we are not the option. Even though we're saying self-control, our self is not the option. Our flesh is not the option. God's spirit and his power is the only option. In fact, let me say it this way. Either God is in control of our weaknesses or our weaknesses are in control of us. Either God is in control of our weaknesses or our weaknesses are in control of us. But either way, we don't control them. We can't without God's power. If you know Bill W. or are a friend of Bill W.'s, then you know what I'm talking about. In fact, when you, when you have a, an addiction, part of the healing process is that you admit that your life is out of control, that you can't control it, and you ask God to take control. That, my friends, is actually biblical self-control, to access the power of God to do the will of God. I wrote something Thursday morning early. Because I was going to preach this sermon Thursday night, which is our first service of the weekend. If you don't know, you can join us there, same service. But I wrote this early Thursday morning because I guess I was thinking about this sermon. And so got up, and this was just on my heart. Every one of us has something that is standing in the way of us becoming what God created us to be. Every single one of us. Every one of us has something that is standing in the way of us becoming what God created us to be. That would be a weakness that we have. To win the battle, we must admit defeat in our own power and access the power of God who has already won the battle for us. So we don't submit to the Spirit to try to become something that we're not. We submit to the Spirit to fully embrace who we already are in Christ. You're a child of God. You're more than a conqueror, and now you live that out. But if you don't have self-control, the Bible says this. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Back in the day, if you don't know, back in the day, cities had walls. If they did not have a wall, they wouldn't be habitable for long. Enemies would infiltrate, property would be stolen, commerce disrupted, lives would be lost, all because the walls were broken down or broken through. If you want to read more about that, read the entire book of Nehemiah. It's all about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And God says a person who lacks self-control is like a defenseless city. If you don't have self-control, you're in danger of losing it all. And all of us know somebody who's lost it all because they lack self-control. But the good news for us today is if you're a Christ follower, you have the power 
in you. Because of Christ, you have the power in you to overcome. Ephesians chapter 1 says it this way. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Romans chapter 8. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Which is wild. Okay, follow me here. I cannot stand on the stage today at church and give you a pep talk and say to you, I can't do it. I can't say, you can do this. You can do this on your own. Just try harder. That's the exact opposite of what needs to happen. Because you cannot do this on your own. The best thing that I can say to you today is you can't do this on your own, in your own power. But with God's power, all things are possible. And with his spirit helping you, you have all that you need. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Somebody say amen, so I'll keep going. Amen's keep me going. So if you don't amen, I just like stay there until somebody says something. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Plug into the power. How many of you are putting up Christmas lights on the exterior of your home? Anybody putting up lights on the exterior of your home? Okay, a few hands. Okay, uh, every year my wife wants me to put them up, and um, the pressure's really on this year again um, for my wife. Um, but I've been praying for it to rain, and so far everything's worked out. <clears throat> you don't want to be dealing with electricity when there's water, okay? I'm just telling you. I'm terrible. But if you're going to put up lights on your house, you will need an extension cord. Would you agree with me so far? Because more than likely you don't have an outlet right in the exact spot that you need an outlet. So you're going to need an extension cord to get to the outlet that you have access to, which is in the garage or by the front door or something. <clears throat> so extension cords are necessary because they're going to, the light is going to come out of whatever just plugged into here. But if you just take this and you just plug in the lights to here, nothing's going to happen because this is not plugged into the power. This represents our life right here. God wants to produce fruit. He wants our light to shine, his light to shine through us. But it's not going to shine unless we plug into the power. And the way that you plug into the power is to accept Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. And the moment that you do, man, God's spirit takes up residence. And then you plug in. And it becomes less of you, becomes more of him. You follow him, he leads. You follow, he empowers. You, you live and you make decisions and you obey through his power, not your own. And I'm just telling you today, if you're trying to do the Christian life without God's power, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to fail. Plug in. Plug into the power of God and accept, first of all, if you haven't done this, accept what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Dying on the cross to take away every single one of your sins, making you new, empowering you with his Holy Spirit. It's a great deal, man. Take them up on it today. And if you've already done that, then walk with his spirit and keep in step with his spirit. I want you to stand with me, please. 
If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.